A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Deirdre Virko on Whenua Ho. Just walking back down to the hut with one of Nora's precious eggs. So we've just candled Nora's three eggs and the first one is nine days old approximately. Uh, it's looking lovely and fertile, so fantastic development. So we've just left her with two eggs and we're very slowly walking down the hill. Andrew's in front of me carrying the box uh, like his life depends on it. Uh, and it's five o'clock in the morning, so really awesome news to see Nora's got two fertile eggs tonight. Namihi, welcome. I'm Alison Balance, and this is Voice of the Kākāpō from RNZ. We're up to part four, Promise. Deirdre Verko and Andrew Digby from the Department of Conservation are on an important mission in the night forest on Whenua Hau. They've just discovered that Wind Dynasty matriarch Nora has laid fertile eggs and they're going to be moved one by one down to the hut. The breeding season is really an exciting time. You never quite know what you're going to get, what you're going to find. You'll find a nest and that in itself is a really exciting thing to see a kakapo sitting on eggs in a nest. But a lot of the time with kakapo, they're not fertile, and in more than half the cases, those eggs you candle will be infertile. And I remember going up to Jean's nest and candling Jean's eggs, and, you know, it's really exciting, there's three eggs, well, this could be three more kakapo, but you look inside them, and you know that they're all infertile. That's a bit of a crushing moment, because there's all that effort has gone in from that female to produce those eggs, and there's so much potential there, but there's nothing there at all. So... We will take those eggs away, we will replace them with dummies, and she'll probably get a chick. So, you know, it's not a wasted nest, but it's certainly a wasted opportunity in terms of, you know, that could have been three more kakapo chicks. The other side is when you find fertile eggs, it's, you know, it's like a few Christmases rolled into one, and you see those fertile eggs, and that's a really exciting period. You then have the responsibility of moving those eggs too. So when they're old enough, you take them down the hill, and sometimes we'll have a couple in a box or in two boxes. If it's a particularly valuable nest as well it adds to the pressure a little bit so you have to walk for an hour hour and a half in the dark down some sort of slippery tracks holding this precious box in front of you and you know that you're not allowed to fall over and so that's that can be quite nervous and I remember doing that last breeding season we had a Nora nested and she was what we called a gold standard of course it was so rare that she nested she hadn't nested for 35 years at that stage we had her first fertile eggs and I remember carrying both of those down the hill very very nervously and my torch failed at that point and then my backup torch failed too so yeah that, that was a little bit of a nervous time I got a um, replacement torch sent up so that was okay but yeah you know when you're carrying those eggs and, and when you're carrying chicks too it's you've got a lot of responsibility in your hands. So the reason for transferring Nora's egg back down to the incubator 
is twofold. One is for the safety of her eggs. Sometimes kākāpō can, um, particularly when they've got a three-egg clutch, um, they can accidentally bang the eggs together, cracking them or even damaging them. So we're transferring her oldest egg back down to the hut tonight um, for its safety, uh, but also because it's part of our re-nesting plan. So as the second and third eggs become the right age to transfer, we'll move those down as well and eventually shut Nora's nest down to hope that she re-nests again, um, mating a second time, and it'd be fantastic to get more kākāpō from Nora this season because she's one of our founding females from Rakiura. It sounds straightforward, doesn't it? But far from it. The kākāpō team are keeping track of 50 females on two forest-covered islands, and as well as dying torches, there are plenty of other challenges. When it comes to weather, Anchor Island in Fiordland is definitely the Wild West. This is Brody on Anchor Island. It's 9.30pm. I'm out at Kuia's nest camp. I'll be spending the night here, hoping that Kuia will get off her nest so that I can go and shut it down. Basically what this is, is to take all the eggs and everything away from her and to block up her nest entrance. Um, it's not really a pleasant experience for us to go through, but what this does is it encourages her to uh, go and mate again and lay more eggs and therefore help us boost the kākāpō population even further. So yeah, this is what we call double clutching and it's just basically what we do to try and increase our numbers when we have the opportunity. But given the current weather outlook, I don't know if you can hear the rain uh, behind me, um, yeah, it's not looking likely that she will get off the nest tonight in these weather conditions. Whatever the weather, there is one place that Daryl Eason knows is always dry and warm. This is the portacom where all the eggs live. Yes, so it's got a heat pump to keep it at a fairly constant temperature and a couple of benches full of incubators. Come in. Five incubators on the bench. They look a bit like those portable cake tins where people carry cakes to work when they've made them for morning tea. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, a little dome. So um, initially all the eggs go into the little dome incubators. And they'll sit on those trays, turning every 30 minutes, rolling the egg from one side and back to the other. Um, and when they've made their first crack in the shell, the first external pip, they'll get moved to the hatcher. And that noise is the...? The incubator's turning the eggs, so that happens every half hour. Okay. I've heard you say that you have better hatching success than the wild mums. You know, yeah. Safer in here. Safer in here. They don't have 
weather, rain, flooding problems, wet nests. They don't have other birds going into the burrows like there's tens of thousands of seabirds that live on and breed on Fenua Ho. And sometimes they share the same cavities and the kākāpō mums do not like anybody in their nest. So they all have big battles inside their nest. And when they're battling an intruder, they sort of forget about what they are trying to protect. <laughs> and the eggs will go flying everywhere and they can have damage to the eggs. Pearl broke one of her eggs while she was fighting a petrel in her nest earlier this year. That's unfortunate. Yes, I mean, the one good thing about that was those eggs were infertile anyway. And they all nest inside cavities of one sort or another, hollow logs or under tree roots. If it's a bit low or if it's a bit confined in some way, um, and she has to stoop a little bit more, a few of the mums break the eggs just as they're hatching and they tend to stand on it and just cave it in. And then the chick um, can't move around anymore to hatch. So I think she just gets way more attentive when she can hear that chick vocalising inside the egg and she often stands up and puts her head down and listens to it and moves it around and just turns it about. And of course they're all in the pitch black that's happening, especially in a cavity in the dark in the bottom of the forest. So she's doing everything by feel and listening. Now how many eggs have you gotten here at the moment? about 28 or something I need to count up again because I keep getting more each night and then losing some because some keep hatching three hatched yesterday and one today oh but there will be more we've still got Zephyr, Ponamu, Suzanne so round one of the first nests on Fenuaho still going probably over 80 eggs all up for the first clutch. How many from Anchor did you have? 76, I think. So that makes 156 in climbing. Yes, looking exciting for round two of the, the nesting. Lovely weather you've got here, Brody. Four seasons in a day. Just a wee hailstorm. <laughs> yeah, they, they tend not to last long, but they are frequent. A big thanks to Brody Philp, Deirdre Verko, Andrew Digby, and Daryl Eason of the Kakapo Recovery Team at the New Zealand Department of Conservation. RNZ's Voice of the Kākāpō is recorded and produced by me, Alison Balance, and part four was mixed by Phil Benge. Listen again at rnz.co.nz slash kākāpō or find us at RNZ Kākāpō Files on your favourite podcast app. Bye for now. Kia pai tōra. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. 
Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.